Good evening, cruisers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight we will explore the cutting edge of neurosurgery. And the tool of choice for surgeons these days is lasers. But uh, today we will cover a special kind that can cut deeper, cut finer than any other laser out there, which can help us understand how cells might regenerate in the brain while I still still are alive in the brain. Ladies and gentle cruisers, you are tuned in to Cruisin' on the Cutting Edge. I am Wellington Froelich, your host and faithful driver, as we crisscross the country, bumping into little miracles coming out of our universities that will someday affect our lives in ways we can only begin to imagine. Last week, we covered the novel idea to use powerless magnetic sensors to transmit information on flow rate and leaks of deep underground pipes to a network using cheap transmitters. Of course, this got me thinking that um, if there is a person you are unsure of how to approach, you're attracted to them, all that jazz. You can always try sending, uh, uh, try, try this, um, and approach them with something like, hey, have you heard of magnetic pulses? Because the magnetic flow rate sensors in my heart are spinning, uh, pulsing like crazy when I get near you. Uh, just an idea. That's actually pretty bad. Um, anyway, this week, ladies and gentle cruisers, we remain in New England as we cruise on over to the historical town of Boston, Massachusetts, to drop by a lab where they are doing some exciting things with lasers and nematodes. But first, a few announcements to fuel up before we get on the road. This week, I am announcing a sticker contest. If you have any ideas for a sticker for the show, please let me know by reaching out to me through LinkedIn, Instagram, or my email, cruisinwithwellington at gmail.com. So that's C-R-U-I-S-I-N with wellington at gmail.com. You don't have to submit a sketch. Or, I mean, you can. A sketch would be awesome frankly, because that just helps convey the idea. But even just, you know, let me know what you think. Words. Words are fine. By the way, I got rid of my Twitter. It was just too much for me, so that account is gone. I'm going to give this sticker competition a week, and if there's anything from these episodes that you'd like to see in a sticker format, let me know. Whether it's, uh, like, a quote of something I said, or say, uh, an image that your brain conjured up um, when you imagine the, the, the experiments I was talking about or the tech I was trying to explain, um, just uh, let me know. Also, uh, I think I will be adding a new part to the show. Hopefully starting next week, I will be streaming my process of creating an episode on the show. Um, uh, the link, I'm thinking of making it available for cruisers through Patreon. Um, I, I really do think this is an awesome idea. It's so much more fun to show you how I learned about all these crazy technologies 
and how I make this episode because there's so many tangents that I go down through all this research and there's so many very, very neat um, just words, frankly, that are out there that I have to dig up and figure out what they mean. And so it's a lot of fun. I hope you decide to tune in to one of those, at least just to check it out. And um, that is going to be available hopefully starting next week. Otherwise, I will keep everyone up to date through the various social medias. Thank you. Okay, cruisers. Let's buckle on up in our periwinkle blue 1963 Ford Econoline van with the huge round headlights that it has and roll into town. We arrive in the evening when they're hosting an outdoor movie night. They're playing Austin Powers' Goldfinger. We notice a bunch of students in attendance, and one group in particular has the looks of neurosurgeon lab surgery lab students because of the papers hanging out of their back pockets that say neurosurgery on them. Um, <laughs> right as the line about freaking sharks with freaking laser beams on their freaking head comes up, and they're all laughing a little too much, we sneak up and snatch one of those documents out of their pocket. In this paper <laughs> from March 2020, titled Euterbium Doped Fiber Femtosecond Lasers Offer Robust Operation with Deep and Precise Microsurgery of C. elegans Neurons Hashtag Brain Cramp. That was a brain cramp for sure. We discover how they're using extremely fine lasers to perform neurosurgery. They're able to use a special laser to target individual parts inside a cell, which will help us understand the workings of each component of the cell and the processes of regeneration when they're blasted with intense laser beams. So cruisers, first we will bounce down theory lane, followed by hops through hardware and testing square, and finally we will drop, a, uh, we will wriggle out uh, our way back onto the on-ramp to the future. So my first question, what does it mean to dope a laser in euterbium, and what benefits does that entail? So just to remind everyone, laser is an acronym for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. So the idea is that atoms have electrons orbiting around them. If a photon, the entity of light, uh, a trans, uh, a trans, sort of a transmission of energy, just, that's kind of how we describe photons, uh, hits this electron orbiting around the atom, it can actually send it to a higher orbit. The electron will drop back to its original orbit just moments later and emit a photon of a particular wavelength, i.e. color, in the process, shedding some energy by dropping down into the lower orbit. This is sort of the jumpstart process that then gets repeated because these photons keep bouncing between two mirrors and creating more and more photons, all the same color and direction. 
So, but when I researched the basics of the laser, I realized we are specifically interested in the fiber laser, which uses fiber optics instead of mirrors to bounce fi uh, the photons around, creating more enhanced stimulation and emission of radiation, i.e. photons or light. Radiation and light in this sense are the same and all senses actually. So uh, this allows for very, dedic uh, very dedicated, direct, very small beams. And there's so much to unpack in fiber lasers that I love to get into, but the biggest thing you need to know is that you can create a pulse of light a few quadrillionths of a second long. Just imagine a few quadrillions of a second. There's a quadrillion of them. <laughs> I mean, it's just between now and now. It's insane. Um, and it's also less than a micron wide, which is also extremely small. So that's uh, about a hundred thousandths of a meter. The other topic in this paper, though, is the biology of neurons or cells that send electrical signals around our body and let us feel, touch, smell, taste, and see things. Now, apparently the most common way to test out neurosurgery methods is to use nematodes, which are little worms or parasites that can be found in all sorts of places around the world, uh, including the Arctic and the bottom of the sea and actually deep within the Earth's crust. They're also found everywhere in topsoil around the world. The reason they are doing any research with these lasers on nematodes is to show how deep these lasers can cut and how much more efficient they can be compared to the traditional titanium sapphire doped fiber lasers. My question was, why would we need to use lasers? What, what do they actually do to a neuron? So it does two things. It cuts and it ablates. Cutting neurons or uh, dendrites, a part of uh, a neuron, can ease pain, for example, whereas ablation actually removes, uh, likely done in the case of, uh, uh, likely in the, in the case of lasers, it actually vaporizes it. Um, it, it removes the cell. Uh, this, this can be directed at, you know, carcinogenic clumps or even down to a single cell with the help of fiber euterbium dope lasers, the ones they use in this research. The main goal of this paper was to explain that the tool they used, the euterbium dope laser, is better for cutting single cells and single components of, uh, of cells while being um, repeatable. It also requires less maintenance and far less frequent alignment, which is a big pain in the world of optics. Let me tell you, I, I've had to work with large scale optics, uh, a meter in, in, in length and diameter, and that takes a full day to align and doing that on the sun is a pain, but they have to deal with a hundred thousandths of a you know, degree off kind of thing. 
So, uh, sorry, not a degree, but a, mil a meter. So it's it's very small, very precise um, optics that they have to deal with. So the other feature of euterbium lasers that is theoretically very powerful in neurosurgery is the ability to control the pulse. This is helpful in many ways. For instance, deciding how much of a dendrite you want to remove or how deep the laser should cut. So all in all, the fiber laser doped with euterbium seems like the more operationally friendly laser. The only matter is cost. The titanium sapphire is more cost effective. Um, but I think as things come down and more companies come online building these things, or at least production ramps up at the one or two companies that do it already, um, the uh, price will drop, as with all things. So, cruisers, I think it's time to move on to hardware and testing square. This is always the fun uh, part in biomedical research papers. Um, so the researchers purchased or maybe rented a euterium doped fiber laser uh, made in Germany called a Blue Cut by Menlo Systems GmbH <laughs> in um, Bavaria. A thing to know here is that these guys are also used in micro machining glass covers for smartphones and stents, which are the little wire meshes that keep an artery open. These uh, blue cut machines are also actually used in uh, laser, uh, LASIK surgery. So anyway, the, uh, these users were able to get their hands on one of these bad boys. They also used two other types of lasers to compare their results. One was the rather outdated in terms of neurosurgery uh, laser, which they call a nanosecond laser, which uh, compared to a femtosecond laser, uh, that just means the, the, the duration of the pulse of the laser, uh, the duration it's on is about a thousand times longer. They can't control it down, or maybe it's, uh, it's uh, 10,000 times longer. Anyway, <clears throat> so, Nano, femto, those things confuse me sometimes. <laughs> uh, and the other one was a more, the other laser they bought was a more popular femtosecond laser, just like the one they're uh, advertising, doped with titanium sapphire. That's the traditional one that they're now trying to explain how that doesn't benefit neurosurgery as well as the euterbium doped laser does. They first compared the burn radius of the lasers by peering through a microscope at a slide they had sharpied in black. They compared the white spots left by the lasers and found similar results in the titanium sapphire and euterbium femtosecond fiber lasers, but much <clears throat> larger burn marks for, nanosecond, for the nanosecond laser. So it just means there's more heat that's spread out from the nanosecond layer uh, compared to the femtosecond deuterium and titanium sapphire doped layers. So it's more, th these are far more accurate. Then they acquired some male worms from the C. elegans genetics center, which I actually couldn't find too much about. Uh, and they also got some from Gian Gariga, a UC Berkeley geneticist. Uh, these nematodes were special because they exhibit fluorescence in their nervous system, or at least in part of it. 
Then they aligned the laser to a bundle of neurites they spotted through a microscope on these nematodes and fired the three types of lasers onto the bundle for like 70 different nematodes. Uh, and the results are really fascinating. They posted pictures of the nerve bundles before and after being beamed by a laser. The nanosecond laser actually burns through at least two in, in the photo, um, but these photos don't capture the full 3D result that well. So it actually probably burned through a good deal more. Uh, the, ta uh, the titanium sapphire and uterbium, though, both have far better um, results. The Compared to the nanosecond laser, which cut about, I don't know, four or so dendrites, the titanium sapphire and the uterbium only cut one. So what's really cool, and the most interesting part probably about this whole paper is that is the part where they depict the uh, neuron regenerating. Uh, I just want to explain these neurons are in the nose of the nematode that they were targeting. The nematode C. elegans, that's the biological name. Uh, they show the before and after videos of instances where regeneration occurred. Now, not every worm they tested uh, regenerated their neurons, but about half did for each type of laser. Um, but the photos are in black and white, and the neurons look like thin white tendrils snaking across uh, the black background. They're clearly cut in one photo, and then in the next, the point uh, they point out where it appears to have bridged that cut, that gap, uh, from the previous photo, i.e. regenerated a, a, ten, a dendrite or a nervous. So there's also some like bright flashes in these photos, and I can't tell for sure what they are, but they might be uh, pulses, electrical pulses passing through the nerve. Uh, I'm not too sure, um, but it probably has to do with the fluorescence as well of the nervous system. Very neat. Okay, cruisers, I think it's time to head on back now to the on-ramp to the future. My first question for you is, could you imagine having a fluorescent nervous system? That would be very uh, interesting to see what the body would look like when, say, an alarm goes off and the whole body has to react to it uh, or reacts to it. Um, just to see that, or or maybe like what 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 would the body look like or the nervous system look like <laughs> when you see someone you are attracted to? You know, like how's that? How's that? Uh, how do the pulses move? I'm curious. Uh, I imagine it this sort of fluorescence uh, would would also help uh, with surgery if there was like a way to temporarily induce fluorescence in the nervous system there would be, I, I imagine, huge advances advances in um, the field of neurosurgery because you could see exactly where you wanted to target. The, ne the next uh, question I had was what we can, could we make uh, of this laser system uh, that, that we couldn't before? And I'm, I'm, th I'm thinking specifically here about actually um, technologies and papers that we've read about before on the show. So one of them is the the microstars for the facial creams we were talking about a long time ago. 
um, those required lasers to actually print and cut them out of ceramic. So maybe if those guys wanted to go smaller with the stars or um, use different shapes that they couldn't before, these deuterium lasers could be offer much greater precision without the need for extra maintenance and realignment every single time. Um, the other idea that I had for these lasers was to use them to ablate or, or rather melt electrode rays onto the human brain very precisely and, and minimally invasive. Uh, like in the Operation Noggin episode, if you have if you haven't seen that one, that, that, that is one of my all-time favorites, uh, by the way. It has, I had such a crazy idea on that show. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go check it out. So finally, the biggest question is, what do we do with this information about regeneration? Are we testing cells that regenerate just to find out if they grow back? Or are we you know, testing cells to regenerate them in sort of a stronger, more resilient way? And, and what exactly does regeneration like mean here um as a fan of uh, bonsai or bonsai is what i call it that's how you pronounce it um the, the tree uh bending nature and forming it into a, a shape that you you want it to uh one of the things that <clears throat> one of the practices that uh, they teach and okay on youtube all right <laughs> if you want to make the trunk of your tree bigger, you, you let the branches at the base grow out. But if you want to slim that trunk down, you cut them. I'm sure this has to do with gravity and whatnot, but um, does is there some sort of effect, maybe not in gravity, that, uh, that could be at play here um, with regenerating nervous systems? It, like when you cut a nerve, but it regenerates, what, what does that restart process look like in the brain. I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, if, we, if we could regenerate our nervous system on demand, uh, would we feel younger? We might. Maybe we'd be more in, in tune with our body, less sluggish. I'm not too sure. It's crazy. <laughs> so those are just sort of some impractical, maybe, or practical ideas that I had there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, Cruisers. Uh, I think this was another really good one. The tech demonstrated here his clear intentions and doesn't seem superfluous or too obvious. Uh, the possible applications are uh, very neat, and um, the experiments they ran were very fun. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If so, let me uh, let you uh, let your family and friends know about this tech um talk with them about you know nematodes and lasers it's a great you know date topic too um i'm sure it'll inspire me this week to think of some dumb line or brilliant brilliant line i'm sorry and anyway folks please leave a review and a comment wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget stick a competition this week just Drop me a line anywhere for an idea that you have, and I will start to um, incorporate that into the merch. Um, I hope you have a wonderful week, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, um, or if you have any ideas about this tech, let me know. I do ask questions here, and these are for you guys to answer, so 
let me know, cruisingwithwellington at gmail.com or LinkedIn or Instagram. So, yes, I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you back in the leather bucket seats next time. My song recommendation for this week is called California by Genevieve Pride. It's pretty, pretty groovy. Check it out.